If we can't communicate with the person we love most behind closed doors, how can we communicate our needs elsewhere in our life? Facts do not have opinions. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Self-love is really about self-respect and acceptance. Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of Real Everything. I'm here each week to dive deeper into how we can find happiness and health inside and out through self-love, body positivity, and discovering new ways to be ourselves. Before we get started, a reminder, this podcast is for general education purposes and not intended to diagnose, advise, or treat any physical or mental illness. And we always recommend that you see a licensed health professional accordingly. And today, an extra warning, we will be talking about sexual health and, of course, still non-explicit and science-based. But if you prefer not to listen with little ears around, save this one for later. With that, I am excited to introduce Susan. Is it Bratton or Bratton? Yeah. Bratton. Oh, it do, it's not that fancy, Stacey. It's just Bratton. Susan Bratton. <laughs> Susan Bratton is here. Thank Intimacy. you for trying to make me sound classy. You never know. Intimacy <laughs> expert to millions, which I told my nine-year-old last night that I was going to have a sex expert on the show. And I said, I really think that she's missing the opportunity to call herself a sex expert instead of intimacy expert. But you are a champion and advocate for all those who desire intimacy and passion for their whole life long, which as we've talked about many times on the show before, is integral to our overall health and wellness. So we're going to dive into that. But a little bit about Susan. She's a co-founder and CEO of two corporations, including a manufacturer of organic and botanical supplements that enhance sexual vitality and a best-selling author and publisher of 44 books and programs. She takes a lion-hearted stand for our human right to pleasurable connection and listeners, you know that my word for 2023 is pleasure. So I'm all about this. Although I didn't mean it in a sexual way, I do think that sexual pleasure is important as we have general health and well-being, and we'll get into that. And Susan has a willingness to get nerdy about science and anatomy and very detailed about skills so that everyone can learn to achieve the pleasure they deserve. And you've been featured in the New York Times and CNBC, the Today Show, frequent appearances on ABC, CBS, CW, Fox, NBC. I feel like I'm just rattling off letters at this point. I think a lot of us parents feel like we don't even have time to wash our face, let alone take care of our sexual needs. And it becomes the thing that you put down on the ladder of importance. And really, given how impactful it is to health and wellness, it's mm -hmm. almost if we're talking about self-care as being important, if we're talking about sleep as being important, this is one of these things that you have to put on your calendar. You have to make time for, you have to reconnect with your partner. And I don't think that it's a coincidence that partners who stop having sex of one kind or another lead to separation very similar to your story right it's one without the other yes if you're not happy together then you're not going to want to have sex together but also if it's just a matter of oh, raising children and i have a stressful job and i'm tired after i get home like that disconnect comes so far away com comes between you where if you're not having that kind of heart connection that you were talking about with your partner, you're not coming back to each other in some sort of way. There's no reconnection that is important. Yeah, I think it's a good reminder for me. And it also makes me super uncomfortable. <laughs> Just I'm like, I don't want to, I want people to have a sex life. I want to be very sex positive. I have bought toys for some of my children. We've talked about appropriate and not appropriate places to watch porn and why. One time my dog had one of my vibrators and the kids that like brought it to a kid and I had to be the parent who was like, oh, thanks. Sorry about that. And just laugh about it instead of being like super embarrassed and uncomfortable. 
And I can be those things, but somehow when it comes to hearing about somebody else's specific sexual experiences or my own specific sexual experiences, there it's like a wall comes up right in front of me. I'm like, nope, that's private. I don't want to cross that wall. And it's interesting to consider where that came from or why and to challenge it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I think you feel like so many people, you're... Everything you said is very standard, very normal, very common. And I think that a lot of it is um, societal, in all honesty. I feel like everything that you told me is has been prescribed to you. And that there's a point at which you may or may not say, what do I want? What do I want? What would be my pleasure? Is this important to me? And you may think, okay, I know it's good for me, but I don't really want to do it. Or you may say, yeah, man, I'm super glad I took the risk to have Susan Bratton force me to talk about sex. (laughs) I didn't force you to do anything. You invited me, FYI. (laughs) Nobody can make Um, you do anything. Yes. Not a thing. I I often say, a lot of people will say, how do you get people to want more sex? And I say, I don't. I am here for the people who want more. I'm here to show you the path to more, but you have to show up at that path and you have to who I am and the kinds of things I'm about. There are people who they want lifestyle, swinging, they want porny type sex or what I call performative sex or what have you. And that's just where they are. And I'm not their person. I'm the person that if you want to feel more confident in your body, if you want to expand your pleasure, so I'm not for everyone. But I do think that breaking free of all the crap that's been downloaded to shame and repress us, to make us feel embarrassed, to do all that, it takes practice to break out of it, but there is so much beyond that it's worth it to some people to do it. Susan, why don't you why don't you give comfort in letting listeners and myself know a little bit more about yourself? And we're in good hands, right? Yeah. Thank you for saying that because you are not alone, Stacey. It is definitely the way most people feel about their sexuality. People, I was really happy to hear that you were talking to your 14-year-old about the fact that you were having a sex bird on your show. Because I think a lot of that shyness and shame and repression comes from our culture, from religion, and from our parents not modeling passionate lovemaking. Not that we want to see them having sex, but that we want to know they are. (laughs) And age-appropriate conversations about sexuality are so important. Taking the fear out of it, taking the weirdness out of it, and just being able to have frank conversations with our children is so important. I can't tell you how many people say to me, my parents never showed any affection. They never talked to me about sex. And I feel like I've come from behind. And I always say to them, honestly, it's not It wasn't the era when we were growing up that our parents were empowered to have conversations about sexuality with us as children. Not only that, but by the time we were even just tweens, not even teens, we were rolling our eyes so hard at everything our parents did that they could barely communicate anything to us. And so instead of thinking, okay, I'm coming from behind, know that pretty much everybody's coming from behind and that One of the things that makes your sexuality better is learning about it. And that's what helps you overcome any of the fear and the shame. And I think the place to start often with sexuality is in two key areas. The first is in understanding our anatomy, because we don't really get a good education in our sexual anatomy, our anatomy for pleasure. And we, and the second thing is understanding the difference between the male body, the XY body, the XY chromosome body, the penis owning person, and the XX body, the vulva owning person. Gender spectrum is a completely different piece of it. And I, 
like you, support the full spectrum. I like to call it the rain, rainbow sparkle spectrum of <laughs> gender expression and gender fluidity over time as we age and change and mature because our sexuality changes as we mature. Our sexual growth is very much the other side of the same coin as our personal growth, something that if we put our attention on it, it becomes easier and more pleasurable. We become more confident. We have less performance anxiety. We achieve more pleasure potential together. And so for those of you listening today to Stacey and I having this conversation, thank you for being willing to bring that in, take it in, do with it what you can to expand yourself. Because I can tell you now at 61 that I'm having the best sex of my life. And I know one of the things you wanted to talk about was ageless sexuality, how to keep your body in good physical shape for the pleasure that you get, because you get the intimate connection, you get the oxytocin, you get the vascular event of orgasmic pleasure together, you get the cognitive function, neurotransmitters that really get produced during lovemaking. I had to learn all that and I really didn't start understanding my sexuality until I was in my early 40s. And I actually think that's really common, especially for women. Like you said, you you know that your male your males in your family have been touching their genitals and enjoying masturbation for since they were babies, where as females we don't tend to be driven to do that as frequently and sometimes never. And I think that really just that one thing alone really colors the sexuality of the penis owner versus the vulva owner. And it sets a cascade of mm, occurrences that happen that can create problems in the future if we don't understand each other. Most people are in heterosexual monogamous relationships. There's a guy and there's a girl. There's a penis and there's a vulva. And what happens is they're playing what I call the golden rule. They're treating each other the way they want to be treated instead of the platinum rule, which is treating your partner the way they want to be treated and having them treat you the way you want to be treated behind closed doors. Because it is very true that our hormones and our anatomy and some of our biological wiring make us so different that ultimately it can lead to problems in the bedroom of dissatisfaction by both parties unless you really understand and get in the world of your opposite partner, if that's what you have. I ended up at 42, almost divorcing my husband of 11 years because he was constantly badgering me for sex intercourse specifically. And I wasn't really satisfied and had not been satisfied since about maybe after the first year when the new relationship energy wore off. And I didn't really want to have sex with him. It wasn't satisfying to me. It was great for him. It was easy for him. Dr. Lori Mintz did a wonderful TED talk called The Orgasm Gap, the difference between how difficult relatively it is for the female body to achieve orgasm from intercourse and how easy it is, sometimes too easy, for the male body. So we set about figuring out how we could keep our marriage intact and we sought therapy, but therapists aren't necessarily there to help you with technique. And that's really what we were missing. And we took some workshops and all of a sudden, practically instantly, really, Stacy, practically instantly, we started having satisfying sex together. And I realized, oh my God, nobody teaches us this stuff. We have to learn it ourselves. Okay. How can I bring this information that I learned in workshops to the internet so that anyone anywhere in the world doesn't have to do what I did, which was get naked in front of 40, 50 people and learn sex techniques. You know, not everybody's going to do that, mama, or not me. <laughs> exactly. One of the best things, honestly, about one of the best outcomes of that entire experience, though, was body acceptance for me. Because when you get in a room of 40 naked people and you see the breadth of the variety of the human body, including the genital anatomy, the breasts, et cetera, 
you think to yourself, oh, wow, I'm just like totally normal. There's a real spectrum here. It was very, it, that was a very cathartic experience for me in creating, in overcoming what our estrogen bodies as females have a problem with, which is we're super critical of ourselves. Estrogen is the molecule of protection because the female body, the X chromosome human is prey and the XY is the predator. And so we are skittery. We're the ponies in the paddock with the cougar in the forest. And so we have to keep ourselves safe. And so estrogen does that, but it has a dark side. And that is that it makes us very judgmental, makes us very judgmental of ourselves. We see every flaw. And we also are major multitaskers compared to our male partners, if that's what we have. And our male partners are like, full steam ahead, I'm testosterone dominant. I'm going to, I'm just a heat-seeking moisture missile ready to hit the target. Let's go. Where are you? Come on. The number one sex technique, and it's not even a technique, but it's just advice that I give to guys is slow down, come back, turn around. Get us going. Something you said was like a light bulb moment for me. And I'm wondering if this is even a thing. You said that estrogen creates this judgmental criticalness yeah. in in I'm gonna I'm gonna use the word female and I'm gonna use that word because biological, right? So vulva owner. Yes, vulva owners. And what's interesting to me is that I've noticed in raising a teenager, for example, that it's like the self-reflection of where I was 20 years ago in terms of the judgment that I had for others and the judgment that I had for myself versus mm -hmm. now. And I always attributed that to mental work, right? Like being able to let go of judging others. And there's always like this meme of the old ladies who just don't care about anything. Who don't, who don't care. <laughs> yeah, who don't care about if you're judging them, they're just going to live their best life. And ah. if you're not in it, then the heck with you. And when you were talking, I'm thinking that's not just life experience. That's also a chemical change that's happening to vulva owners as they age because our estrogen is reducing as we get older. Is, am I well, imagining you know, that? No, it's interesting because that's, that is exactly on target, but there's a peak judgy time. Tell the age. I can. <laughs> you're probably in it. I should guess the age. No. I think I might be in my peak judgy time. <laughs> I'm way beyond my peak judgy time. Now I'm going to probably I'm just having fun. But, and that is absolutely true, right? It's the, it's the crone, the age of the crone. What, no, I don't love that word. It's a little witchy for me, but, but people understand that's like the third phase for females. And it's true that our estrogen does dip, but I, I just find we need to identical. go golden girls. I'm ready to be, I'm ready to be. <laughs> I like golden girls better yeah. too. <laughs> I'm on bioidentical hormone replacement. I'm actually 61 and I still menstruate because I'm a longevity person. And so one of the things I do to biohack my longevity is I haven't gone through menopause yet. The, we are, we have planned obsolescence and the female body's planned obsolescence is when we stop being able to procreate. So everything starts to break down after menopause. And so I'm one of those early Wiley protocol type of people who also was like, all right, let's just play with this and see, I don't have any cancers in my family. I can, it's, I'm very low risk for any problem that don't have any endometriosis. I don't have those things. So I can play in that space, but the peak judgy time so even though I still take estrogen, I'm not, I'm not so judgy. I'm fussy. I'm picky. And I'm a hypersensitive person. I'm a super sensitive person. I don't like scratchy tags. I need certain kinds of touch. I really know what my body wants. I've tuned into my body so deeply because I am what I call an orgasmonaut. I have studied female and male orgasmic potential. I've identified the 20 kinds of orgasms that all human bodies, all homo sapiens can achieve. And the 20th one is wildcard because I always say there's something I'm, I've been doing this for 20 years now. This is my second career is running this publishing company, teaching passionate lovemaking techniques and bedroom communication skills and sexual health and wellness. Those are the three legs of your sexual stool. And what I have realized is that there is a certain time in your life when you're super judgy and it's in your 30s. And that is actually a process of individuation. 
It is when you begin to break free. So when you're in your teens, you think everybody's looking at you and they're not. When you're in your 20s, you're in this time of discovery and newness that allows you to be interested in a lot of different things. You're having a lot of new experiences. When you hit your 30s, you're beginning to individuate. You're beginning to pull away at a new level from your family of origin and from friends. Often, this is a time of a big shift of friend base as well. You're saying like, oh, these people aren't, I love them, but I'm going to spend more time with these people over here. And you tend to be super judgy because you are dis- you are determining what it is that is true for you, not the stories you've been told or the culture you've been raised in, but who you, the essential you actually are. That comes out in your 30s. And then in your 40s, you begin to be a little more selfish because you begin to see your mortality. You begin to realize that you don't have forever on this planet. And that if your sexuality is important to you, that you want to have some specific experiences. But the time you're in your 50s, you've really stopped that self-flagellation of beating yourself up about your imperfections, and you're just more open and more relaxed, and you've got another decade of sexual experience. If you've continued on the, like, I have an intentional sexuality as your mindset, right? There are, that is a category of people. That's my God, that's my people right there. So you hit your 50s. And then in your 60s, if you have taken care of your genitals and they work well, because even in your 40s, you start to have atrophy, sensation loss. For females, we get incontinence. For males, they get nighttime urination. So we get shrinkage. Our vulvas shrink, which makes them more lax. We lose pelvic musculature. Our orgasmic response takes longer to achieve because we've lost that tissue and when we have any nitric oxide, which we do, by the time we're 50, we have half what we had when we were 20, which means we're not getting the blood flow to the pelvic bowl, which means we're not getting the blood, which serves the nervous system and enervates the nervous system so that we can feel. So we have to use anti-aging for our genitals if we want to keep that like it was youthful. And that's a category called sexual regenerative therapies and treatments. And there's a nice little kind of stack of things you can do to keep yourself going. So that if you do that, when you're in your 60s, you're really hitting your orgasmic stride. You're having the, you've learned the ability to orgasm from multiple pathways. You're having different kinds of orgasmic experiences. You're more confident and comfortable. If your partner's kept up their genital youthfulness, then you two are having the best sex of your life. If you're in good physical shape, you're energetic, you've got good mitochondrial energy so that you've got stamina for pleasure and things just get really good in your 60s and 70s. You just, you hit this kind of peak at that age. And I can't report in yet about my 80s. I don't have any partners who've been in their 80s. I don't know what that's like, but in 20 years, have me back on as a repeat guest and I will let you know. Today's podcast is brought to you by ButcherBox, who is offering one of their best deals yet. Get 100% grass-fed chuck roast and a whole organic chicken free, plus additional $20 off your first box at butcherbox.com wholeview and use code wholeview. There are a lot of food delivery service providers, and I've researched them all. None compare to ButcherBox. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, humanely raised, no antibiotics or added hormones, shipped for free, frozen, right to your door in an eco-friendly, 100% recyclable box. They're a certified B Corp focused on quality for you, the animal, and the planet. We have a home-cooked meal nearly every day in our home, though these days it's harder and harder to all eat together. It can be chaos, but making meals isn't. With ButcherBox, all of our family's customized staples are delivered so that I can rely on some go-tos. The convenience of being able to throw together what we want anytime by shopping our freezer and even letting the kids cook their own night 
each week has been key. You can choose from a variety of box plans options from curated to customized and change your plan whenever you want for an incredible value, especially this first box. I wish I could get in on this deal myself. ButcherBox is offering our listeners, you, one of their best deals yet, a 100% grass-fed chuck roast and a whole organic chicken free when you join, plus get an additional $20 off your first box. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash wholeview and use code wholeview to get 100% grass-fed chuck roast and whole chicken free in your first box plus $20 off. This podcast is sponsored by Indeed, where I recommend both posting your resume and posting job opportunities if you're in search of quality candidates. I cannot imagine running my small business without the support of our small but mighty team. Hiring the right people at the right time makes all the difference in how you feel about the work that you do. And not only are 73% of US online job seekers searching for jobs on Indeed each month, according to Comscore, Indeed's US data shows over 80% of Indeed employers are finding quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, making Indeed the number one source of hires in the US, according to Talent Nest. Employers now have so many time-saving tools, more than when I got my career break back in ye olden days, the late 1900s with Indeed. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent seamlessly all in one place to save you time and interview virtually with no downloads, plugins, or purchases. That means that you find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed's instant match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Most employers say it saved them days of hiring time, according to Indeed Data US. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit indeed.com slash wholeview to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com slash wholeview. Indeed.com slash wholeview. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available to everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I laugh because I love Grace and Frankie and I I was thinking about like their show and how they address sexuality as older women and owning a vibrator company and creating their own lube. So one of the questions that I had for you that I was going to ask yeah. later, but this Go ahead. came up for me while I was laughing about Grace and Frankie, is yeah. that you are passionate about ensuring that the toxins that we're using on body, especially our sex organs, are safe. I know that the mucous membrane in our for in someone with a vulva is very absorptive, right? Like yeah, the, the vaginal the mucosal yes. lining. The same mm-hmm. as like inside our nose or inside our mouth, it is made yep. to absorb. And therefore, products that you're using in your vulva need to be mm-hmm. of the safest for that sensitive area. There are so many products made without any sort of safety testing. Like sometimes if I'm looking at options, I'm like horrified by some of the ingredients or some of the things that are out there for people to put in that area. And then I also think about menstrual products the same kind of way, right? Not mm-hmm. just for lube or for sex toys, but also menstrual products. So I'd love to hear yeah. what your expertise in this area has brought you to find, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I always say that if you wouldn't put it in your mouth, you shouldn't put it in your vulva or rectum. And so there's three categories there that I like to touch on quickly. The first is lube, lubricant. And if you know, one of the things that I've noticed recently is that with all the regenerative treatments that I've done, I am more juicy than I was in, oh gosh, probably my 20s. It's just incredible how much lubrication I had in my 60s. What I want people to know is that it doesn't, you don't have to expect for everything to go to hell in a handbasket. You can keep it going. I recommend for lubricant an organic oil of some kind, sweet almond, 
refined avocado, jojoba, just a simple straight oil. That just works really well. You could make a salad dressing with it. <laughs> and one of the things I have is a recipe I call Viagrette, the undressing dressing. One of the biggest issues with erectile dysfunction is that your arteries get clogged with the plaque that gets calcified and makes the arteries stiff. And so you can't get the blood flow into your genitals. And we women have as much erectile tissue in our vulva as our male body partners do in their penis. If you imagine a banana is a penis and half of it sticking out of a male body and half of it is going in and down toward their testicles. You take that whole banana, that's all erectile tissue in his penis. You take that erectile tissue out and turn it into a donut and wrap it around the vagina. And that's the female body's erectile tissue, same amount. When we think about the female anatomy, we're often just thinking about the mere surface, the tip of the iceberg, the clitoral tip, the glands of the clitoris. Oh, yes, it has 10,000 nerve endings. But honestly, what I like to work with, with the people who follow me is to activate all the neural pathways in the entire vulval urogenital complex because we have three erectile tissue systems in our vulva. We have the clitoral system, which is a tip, a shaft, two arms, two legs. We have the urethral erectile system, which is called the G-spot. It's not a spot either. Like the clitoris is not a spot. The G-spot is not a spot. It's a long tube of erectile tissue that surrounds the urethral canal. And then we have a perineal sponge below the vaginal area. And all of these, if you, had a, if, you were, if you had a little scale and you took a penis and put it on one side and you took a vulva and put it on the other, all the erectile tissue, they would balance each other. And so when we talk about erectile dysfunction, I want to make sure that the female body is in this conversation. And what happens as we lose nitric oxide and our blood flow diminishes and that tissue atrophies and we don't have the nerve stimulation we used to have, all of those things are what are making sex feel less pleasurable for us. And so we need a lot of stimulation from vibrations, manual hand massage stimulation of our vulva. We need oral pleasuring. We need full body touch. We need words of encouragement and adoration. We need everything breast pleasuring, kissing, which start the turn on, the arousal process for us. We need to have all those things done to us before we're penetrated because our male partners, if we have a penis owning partner, he gets an erection within two to three minutes, pretty standardly. Where for a vulva owner, it takes us 15 or 20 minutes to achieve the same amount of blood flow to all the nooks and crannies of our genitals. And I think lubrication is one of the things that really helps when the tissue is sliding on itself. And so using these nut oils is very good. The second thing is there was lubrication. There was, oh, I know the Viagrad, I wanted to tell you the salad dressing. Salad dressings, bottled salad dressings, all have thickeners and gums and seed oils and the things that clog your arteries. They clog my arteries in my vulva. They clog my husband's arteries in his penis. So that's number one. So the things that I really love are those Thinks panties, the period panties. Have you tried those yet? Yes. However, I will put an asterisk. I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's actually a lawsuit for things because of the PFAS that's used in them. So I always tell... Oh, interesting. Yeah. I always tell people to look into which brand they're using. Yeah. We use in our home NYX brand. NYX. Okay. How do you spell that? K-N-I-S. Okay. And they have tested for PFAS to ensure that you're not adding additional toxins. The goal of using menstrual underwear is to keep it 
out yes. of your insides, which you don't want us to be exactly. absorbing things from the actual material. Yes. Always something. Oh, thank you so much for that tip. I'm going to check. I know it's always something, but good. Thank you. See, this is why podcasts are so valuable. I think the information exchange and the free conversation is just uh, the best we've ever had, really. That's one of the things that I love about podcasts is we can just talk about what I think are very important things that we can't even talk about in a lot of other places in our media today and in our country. So thank you. I'm going to check those out. And menstrual cups, they can be a very nice alternative to tampons for women. So that's something else that I think more and more women are exploring. And then there was a third thing that I wanted to tell you about, which was birth control. And one of the things that I think has the wrong name is the fertility awareness method. There are trackers that track your menstrual cycle and they track it with hundreds and thousands, if not millions of other women to make predictive tracking for you, to tell you when your five-day ovulatory window is open when you can conceive and to abstain from intercourse at that time or to use barrier methods and backup methods, diaphragms, condoms, what have you, during that window so that you don't have to be on the birth control pill. And the other thing that I think is really good that doesn't get enough attention are the what are called non-medicated IUDs intrauterine devices that are just simply um, really just a, a copper coil inside your uterus that tells your body that it's not time to conceive. And those can be very good for everyone, but, but some people have a copper sensitivity and they're non-medicated, which means they don't have any birth control estrogens or progesterones yeah. or hormonal side effects, et cetera. Thank you. And so I also think that's a very good option. That's what my daughter has chosen and she's 25 and that's worked very well for her over the years. So these are two things that I don't think get enough conversation. So thank you for letting me air them as well. Yeah, I think it's it's been interesting being the mom of a, a Volvo owner. Gosh, yeah, it's like a... It's interesting for me because I've many people use different terminology and that hasn't been one that I've approached. And I don't know that kiddo would actually like that term because that's yeah. their favorite or preferred part of their body. But I... What would you say? Biological female is usually what I refer to or trans mm-hmm. male because that infers. Yeah. Although at this point they are non-binary, so it makes it a little more complex. But yeah, I what's fascinating for me is this journey of navigating all this newness. Like it, those things were not only were we not talking about these things when I was growing up, and when you were mm-hmm. growing up, to be clear, you thought I was in my thirties. Thanks so much. No, I'm in my forties. Oh, you look fantastic. <laughs> and so I not only was it taboo, or we didn't talk about, or all these kinds of things. There are so many options that didn't exist. We didn't have period underwear and IUDs, if they were available, were certainly not readily available. And so as we navigate this future, like with a teenager, it's an entirely new world, right? Like I am learning options along the way. And just just today had like a medical appointment where we talked about some of the different options and what they are and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's, I hope that listeners are not just open to the parts of sexual wellness for their own well-being, but also Mm -hmm. for our children. Because like you said, the only way that we can break some of this generational like taboo is starting to have these open conversations. And one of the things that I wish that I'd realized sooner is that in not talking about it, it gives power to um, the person who is willing to address it or is willing to be open and upfront with their sexuality. And I think it's part of what I've witnessed in terms of women feeling uncomfortable or women feeling like their opposite sex partner, if we're talking about specifically someone who presents Heterosexual. Them, 
not just heterosexual. Mm. Oh, okay. Someone, someone who presents femme being yes. having someone approach them from perspective of if they are identifying male, oftentimes the identifying femme is not able to speak to their own desires, not able to speak to what they aren't interested in, or don't have the confidence to stand up and say no or go away or whatever it is, because we've yeah. been taught to be quiet, to be the person, I know. so to speak. Yeah. And so I actually had this, I'm bouncing all around in my thoughts, but I am with you. I had this amazing coaching session with Gwyneth Paltrow of all people. And of all the things that she talked about during that session, the one thing that I took away was that if women are not able, if we presenting femmes are not able to vocalize what it is that we want or need sexually, mm -hmm. how can we ever expect to express what we want or need in life? If we are with the person we are most comfortable with in our most vulnerable moments, our partners, especially, right? And we're not able to say, this is what I want or this is what I need in that moment. How can mm -hmm. we then expect to say in a boardroom to our children's educators, to whomever it is in our life to stand up and say, this is what I want or this is what I need? And for me, I'm an Enneagram type eight. I have no problem telling anybody what I want or what I need. Like I'm, it's a little too me much too. most of the time, but it really was eye-opening for me to think this is how other people are thinking or feeling like that. It's difficult to want to be vocal or to express these things because you don't want to upset someone or you don't want to rock the boat or you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. And I think we need to reframe our mindset around the idea that sexual wellness and pleasure are good for us. Like this is yeah. something that I you know, wanted to put at the top of the show. But let's just run down to remind people. It is important to have a healthy sex drive the same way that it's important to have healthy sleep, the same way that it's important to have all the other health things that we focus on. When you go to the doctor and you tell them that you're having problems, very seldom do they ask you some of the most important questions that are going to clue them into some of the things about your well-being. And sleep is one of them and sex drive and sexual wellness are another. And some of the benefits of having sex, whatever that looks like for you, whatever brings you joy or pleasure, is that it counts as exercise. You want to talk about joyful movement, right? Like we, we refer to that all the time. Find a way to have joyful movement. Like it bumps up your heart rate and uses all kinds of muscles, which you've described already at this point, but also our whole body, right? It improves immune function. It can lower our blood pressure. It can improve pelvic floor for women as we, especially as we age, because orgasms and contractions in the vaginal muscles can strengthen them. Like I read that and I was like, that's a reason to ensure that I'm having more orgasms as I get older, right? That's super powerful. We can have better heart health and reduce our risk of heart attack. Um, I think what was interesting to me about this one is that I read that sex actually helps keep your estrogen and testosterone levels in balance. So you're talking about bioidenticals, yeah. but what was used for me when I was doing the research is that even just the act of sex itself is telling your hormones, I'm not done with you yet. I need more estrogen and testosterone, and it is going to help regulate them. During one of the studies that I read, men who had sex at least twice a week were half as likely to die of a heart attack. So it's all related to these hormones that are pumping with your heart and getting all these things going. And I'm sure if you want to speak more to that, but also, I wanted to mention not only from the pelvic floor perspective, but it can reduce prostate cancer for men. And in that case, you don't even need a partner. In a lot of these, for example, counting as exercise, obviously you're going to get more exercise if, if you're having sex with a partner. But some of these, just the orgasm itself can have benefit. And in this case, reducing prostate cancer is one. Another is that orgasms can block pain. I imagine that. It's going to be harder to achieve an orgasm if you're in pain. 
That's a great natural pain reducer to, to focus your brain's attention someplace else. It can decrease depression and anxiety. And I know for me, this is true. It can absolutely improve sleep, which has a huge positive net effect on overall health and wellness. And of course, eases stress. So being close to your partner, just close to your partner, not even having sex can soothe stress and anxiety. But all the things that you were talking about, Susan, the touching, hugging, all these release feel-good hormones and in improve our brain's chemical makeup to help those hormones that I was talking about earlier also from like the heart perspective, right? It's going to create some reward system for us, but it's also going to have like actual hormonal help from the estrogen and testosterones that are coming in. So I loved this idea that not only can it boost our self-esteem, but it can boost our physical wellness, right? Like we talk mm -hmm. about it as sexual wellness or, and I also talk about mental health a lot. Like all of these things are part of our whole human body. And when we parse them mm -hmm. out and talk about them differently, we're really doing ourselves a disservice in not realizing that our brain is essential to our physical well-being. We could not function without it. And our sex hormones drive so many other things about our health and wellness. And so it is a red flag for us to all be aware of that if we're not interested in sex or if sex is painful or some of these things that it's okay to talk to somebody about that and to seek help. I love that you shared your story about working with your partner in your 40s to improve that for yourself. Because mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of people who hit that place in their life and they're like, okay, I've been with my partner 10, 20 years. We're not going anywhere. We'll just live this way and we're all just deal with it. And I think there are a lot of people who would be happier, but also healthier if they pushed themselves a little more in the way that you did to achieve satisfaction and pleasure, but also sexual wellness so that it could incorporate into their overall well-being, if that makes sense. This podcast is sponsored by Shopify. It's the sound to start selling on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. As a consumer, I love the ease of using Shopify, which has thousands of integrations and third-party apps. Shopify supports small business entrepreneurs with resources once reserved for big business, allowing you to simplify selling online and in person so that you can focus on successfully growing your business, whether it be from fashion to frog collectibles, and from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, Shopify even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And I know because when I get that Instagram ad that hits just right within two shakes of a lamb's tail, I've completed my transaction. As a consumer, it literally makes me so excited when I see the Shopify option, especially because the two-factor authentication helps protect my online shopping too. If you're overwhelmed by how to start, Shopify has 24-7 help and an extensive business course library to support your success every step of the way. Because when you win, so do they. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify is there to empower you with the confidence and control to revolutionize your business and take it to the next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash whole view, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash whole view to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash whole view. This podcast is sponsored by Just Thrive. I want to give a testimonial to a recent experience. I've shared for years that their probiotics are one of the few supplements I take because I see a difference with it. And I love the science behind the Just Calm. But because I avoid gluten, I couldn't really speak to their Gluten Away product. You can save 15% site-wide at JustThriveHealth.com on any of these by using promo code WHOLEVIEW at JustThriveHealth.com. Okay, what's Gluten Away? 
Just Thrive has added their incredible probiotics plus clinically proven proprietary enzymes specially designed to disarm gluten proteins. Think of these enzymes like the blade on a pair of scissors. They cut gluten proteins into tiny bits that your digestive system can easily handle before they can cause damage. Gluten Away is the most comprehensive gluten digestible aid available, and it is verified to break down all undigested gluten molecules in the stomach, small intestine, and large intestine, while also nourishing an intestinal lining hurt by gluten and nurtures your beneficial gut bacteria, which helps stop the leaking of bacterial toxins through the intestinal wall into the bloodstream. My personal testimonial is that I travel with gluten away because I'm not familiar with the kitchens cooking my food. And despite my best efforts, I ate gluten recently in California. But as soon as I started feeling symptoms within minutes, my mouth tingles, I took gluten away. And while my joints swelled and my rosacea flared within an hour, the next morning I didn't have any symptoms and never had any digestive distress. It used to feel like I had been stabbed in the gut and so this was huge while traveling. Gluten Away is microbiologist formulated, evidence-based, and safe. All of Just Thrive products are vegan-friendly, gluten-free, dairy-free, histamine-free, and non-GMO, backed by 100% money-back guarantee. If for any reason you're not satisfied, simply request a full refund. No questions asked. And right now you can get 15% off when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code WHOLEVIEW at checkout. To try it, get 15% off when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code WHOLEVIEW. That includes bundles and subscriptions. A couple of things. One... When we say the word sex, I like to make some distinctions about that because most people, when they think about sex, they think about intercourse. That's what sex is. Like we're going to have sex. There's going to be foreplay and then we're going to have sex. So everything's got to lead to intercourse. Not, Not everybody likes to have intercourse, but I think a lot of people don't like to have it because it's not satisfying for them because they don't understand especially women, they don't understand that all women can have orgasms from intercourse. They think they can't. They think, oh, I just am not the kind of person who can, so I'll just be close with my partner or my partner. You know, what I want vulva owners to do who are in relationships with people who want to have intercourse with them (laughs) is um, to number one, know that if you're not currently having orgasms from it, that you can learn how. I call it crossing the gasm chasm, bridging the orgasm gap. That's the Dr. Lori Mintz piece that says how easy it is for the penis owner to have an orgasm from intercourse compared to the vulva owner. And that's strictly because the vulva owner is not getting enough what we call foreplay, but what is ultimately engorgement, encouragement, adoration, full body touch, just the sensual and timing that it requires for the vulva to become filled with blood, to plump up the tissues to the point where when you touch them, they're getting enough signals to the brain, your number one sex organ, to actually achieve climax because penis owners are so ready to go and they don't give us time to get fully aroused. Our arousal cycles take longer. That alone is so empowering for so many people in heterosexual relationships, penis, vulva, monogamous couples, which there's a lot of them out there, right? And I really, because what happens is if she doesn't think she can, then he's like, yes, she can't. And then they just have intercourse that's pleasurable to him. And then there's also this focus that sex is intercourse when sex can be so many different things. So what I like to do is I like to expand people's thinking. I like them to understand how the arousal systems work so they can work on that. Then I like them to stop, to get out of the mindset of a quick little bit of foreplay and then we're into penetration and to have more fun doing more things. And I recently put together something called the Sex Life Bucket List. And it is something that works for all gender expression, all bodies, every person. It is a wonderful, it's at sexlifebucketlist.com. It's a downloadable PDF with a 40-minute video that I created that is an erotic play date 
that you can use as a solo pleasurer or in partnered pleasure. And I walk you through 48 different erotic play dates that you can have. So what this does is it expands the palette of possibility for pleasure by doing all kinds of fun things together. So when you get out of the mindset of we're having sex and what that means, and you begin to say we're having erotic play dates and we're going to learn new things together. We're going to try new techniques. We're going to try new, and they can be things you can do with yourself or you can do them with your partner. And if you have a partner, if you're lucky enough to have a partner and you want one, the best thing is for you to both go through it together and have your A's, B's, and C's. A's are, I'd love to do this. This would be on my bucket list. B's are, I wouldn't do it, but if you want to do it, I would totally do it with you. And C's are, it's not for me right now. Because as we mature, things we used to look at and go, that's weird, we now think are really exciting. So I really like the idea of knowing that all women can have orgasms from intercourse. All female bodies can do this with the right stimulation and conditions. So work toward that. Don't give it up and think you can't. That's so important. All women can learn and all males, all bodies have all these types of pleasurable experiences. So just keep incrementing your knowledge and learning new skills. I think that's number one. The second thing that I wanted to say was that I have a technique that I give away. I like to give away a lot of things. I like to meet people where they are. And I've had people who are my fans and followers on my newsletter, my sex tips newsletter for over a decade, but they've never purchased a thing for me. It doesn't matter to me. I just want to help as many people as I can. One of my most popular books is called Sexual Soulmates, The Six Essentials to Connected Sex. And one of what I consider to be the core essential for connected sex, because the kind of lovemaking that I teach is heart-connected, passionate lovemaking. That's my brand of teaching. I like to teach people how to deepen their connection and pleasure together. So I move from, I don't like performative sex. I like heart-connected sex. I like to say I transmute friction into connection. Some people are just rubbing things together, but there's so much more that's available to us and so much healthier to do. And the sexual soulmate pact is a really important piece of it because it's that communication skill you were talking about where... If we can't communicate with the person we love most behind closed doors, how can we communicate our needs elsewhere in our life? And what it does is it really, you can get it at Sexual Soulmate Pact, P-A-C-T, like an agreement, Pact, sexualsoulmatepact.com. But what it really does is it teaches you that a lot of people say, I don't know what I want. I just know what I'm getting isn't it. And they stop there and they just put up with or take what they can get, take what's, what they're getting. And what I want to do is empower people to say, you do know what you want. Your body is always talking to you. This isn't even intuition. This is literally proprioceptive body knowledge in real time that's happening when you tune into that channel of your body. She or he is telling or them is telling you what feels good. So when we move the emphasis off of intercourse and when we move the emphasis into pleasure, And we move the emphasis into listening to ourselves and being able to feel confident, communicating step-by-step, blow-by-blow during a lovemaking date with a partner. And our partner doesn't contract from it, but instead leans in toward it and says, thank you, that's helpful, tell me more, and understands that we live in an animal body that changes every second depending on Have we eaten sugar? Did we get enough sleep? How are we feeling? Where are we in our cycles as females? What or whatever, all those things really makes us understand that we're different in every moment and what we need in that moment is totally different. And when our partners are like, yeah, just tell me what you need and I'll give it to you. And you're that way with them. Then you have this wonderful communication cycle and then your pleasure starts to get better. And then your connection grows and then your comfort grows and then your confidence grows. And then you start just being having a relaxed, great, satisfying sex life because You've got that wonderful communication happening. I'm all for communication. I have been blushing throughout most of this podcast, if you're not watching the video. Um, You have. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to, yep, move right through this. 
But I do want to wrap up with what I always like to leave listeners with, which is positive, actionable suggestions that they can take into their lives to be of service, either to work on themselves or with others, like you were saying, communication partners. I'm wondering if you have a couple of specific suggestions that someone could walk away today and not feel overwhelmed. Okay, I can go to the PACT website and I can do this as part yeah, of the sexual assault. Yeah, PACT. one example. What are some of the others? I think the sex life bucket list, if you're willing to do it, is a really good one because it gives you many ideas and opens you a lot of things. You'll be like, I didn't even know that was a thing. That's so interesting. So it's very expansive. And it's just a really nice way to look at what is interesting to you right now and to honor where you'd like to take yourself and your sex life to the next level. I think that's really good. But if you wanted to have, what's the one thing I can do? (laughs) What's the one thing I can do to make my sex life better? It would be the sexual soulmate pact if you're partnered. But the other thing would be just have this idea that I call orgasmic cross-training. And orgasmic cross-training is basically activating new neural pathways in your genital system so that you can more easily achieve sexual satisfaction from lots of different types of stimulation. And for, it doesn't matter whether you're a vulva owner or a penis owner, there are toys and tools out in the marketplace that work really well to stimulate different parts of your genital anatomy. And so how... A lot of people, they have maybe one toy and they know they can have an orgasm with that one toy and it's their go-to thing. And that's great. You made that neural pathway work for you. But now add some new ones on by trying different styles of toys or maybe even trying different types of partnered or self-pleasure like a yoni or lingam massage. And that is one of the very best things you can do is think about how you can begin to get touch and connection and pleasure into your genital system that expands your ability to achieve climax. So you can do it with toys and tools. You can do it with hands. You can do it to your partner. You can do it to yourself. But We get disconnected from our bodies, and this brings connection and pleasure back to our bodies. That's all you need to do. There's the thing about sex, I always joke. I say, Stacey, I say that if sex were a brand, its tagline would be sex. There's always something more. (laughs) So there isn't one thing, there's only your one thing. And your one thing is just the next step on a beautiful journey that contributes to your pleasure and connection and health your whole life long. Susan, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your knowledge so openly. And I have to say it's inspiring to see how comfortable you are. Mm -hmm. And I can only hope to, as I am 61, be able to say some of the things that you've been able to say today. If you want to learn more about Susan, we'll put links in the show notes for you. But it's Susan bratton.com b-r-a-t-o-n.com and you're on instagram and twitter under yep. the same names you also have a yeah. youtube channel under mm-hmm. better lover so we'll make yeah. sure that all of those are links in the show notes the other links that you've mentioned as well i want to thank you listeners for being here today for tuning in and We appreciate your willingness to be open to growth, to, in my case, even just be a little uncomfortable today to expand your idea of health and wellness. And hopefully you can implement some positive personal changes. And keep in mind, no one is perfect. Even Susan herself is still learning and growing in this journey. But in listening and learning and unlearning, we can all become better versions of ourselves. And for our partners in this case. If you want to hear what we really thought or what I really thought, embarrassing face called, head over to patreon.com slash the whole view. And then it's also the best place to ask questions. And if you love the show that we create and produce ourselves, a Patreon is a great way to support the show. But so is just like 
leaving a review or hitting the follow or subscribe button. Whichever way you want to support the show in whatever app you're using, we appreciate it sincerely so that others can find us as well. Susan, thank you so much again for being here today. I'm looking forward to touching base on the Patreon on some additional thoughts as a follow-on. So thank you again. Thank you and me too. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.